A final word. I begin this section with a quote from Richard Wagamese. Quote, Nothing ever comes to rest. Everything keeps moving. Even stationary objects are moving, though we do not see it. Change is constant, and that means we are not the same from one moment to another, either. Our cells are constantly in the process of changing. So if I am moving through a tough situation, there's no point trying to find quote-unquote rest so that I can cope. That is impossible. Instead, I can choose to change trajectory, to move in a direction that will lead me toward peace. End quote. Dear reader, if you've made it this far, I applaud your courage for venturing into new and possibly uncomfortable territories within yourself. Change, whether that's a shift in beliefs, behaviors, circumstances, and or sense of self, can feel like death. And in some ways, it is. Letting go of what's familiar, even if it no longer serves us, can feel like dying. Allow yourself to grieve the loss. Create the space for grief intentionally. Otherwise, grief has a way of claiming that space forcefully, often in the form of resistance to new ways of being, doing, and practicing. Allow yourself compassion through this transition. This is unfamiliar terrain for your body. It too is learning what it's like to exist as a different somatic shape than it was previously. Like a snow globe that is shaken, it will take time for the learnings to settle and for clarity to emerge. And if you feel like you've been here before and are frustrated with yourself for not having integrated the learning sooner, or the last time this happened, I offer you this wisdom from mother, organizer, theologian, and writer, Autumn Megan Brown. Quote, Change is often really nonlinear, and sometimes cycles have to repeat themselves multiple times in order for a different outcome to be possible. There's a way of thinking out there that suggests that it's not okay for cycles to repeat themselves, or that it's a sign that we're not getting anywhere if cycles repeat themselves. And I think in reality, cycles do have to repeat themselves multiple times typically before a behavior will change, or before we have enough muscle to make a different choice. I think scientifically, sometimes cycles do have to repeat themselves before a different outcome will naturally unfold or mathematically be possible. In that regard, looking at the current situation and seeing that, yes, there's a lot that's happening right now that is functionally a cycle repeating itself, and then there's a lot that's happening because the conditions have changed and the conditions changing have made other things possible inside this landscape that just weren't possible before. And our job is just to meet that, to meet that moment and to meet it with readiness and rigor. 
End quote. It is my hope that dismantling the master's tools has helped develop your ability to respond, your response ability, with readiness and rigor. As we move through these cycles of change, I want us to remember that compassion and accountability can, must, and do coexist. It's true that we are not our trauma. We are not responsible for or deserving of our trauma. It's also true that we are responsible for healing our individual and collective traumas so that we do not pass it on or blow it through other bodies as we have done to date. Harm begets harm and healing begets healing. Let's strive for the latter and trust our bodies to know and help us discern the difference. This body of work, pun intended, was both a platform for and a product of my own ongoing healing process. And in my final words, let me thank you as the reader for bearing witness. Your feedback shared within the boundaries that I articulated in chapter one is both welcome and deeply appreciated. This includes formal feedback in written or audio form as well as process artifacts like excerpts of journal entries in response to the reflection prompts, voice notes documenting aha moments, photos of the different tools or activities in action, and or memes that perfectly capture your state or states as you move through this toolkit. I've accepted that I will never fully know or understand the true impact of this work, and yet, I still crave glimpses into how it has moved you, for better or for worse. Feel free to get in touch and share at madhura.mahendran at gmail.com. Love, Madhura, and Temwa. P.S. When I say love, as I did a few moments ago, I mean love as articulated by author Kai Cheng Tom in her book, I Hope We Choose Love. Quote, I mean love that is kind but also honest. Love that is courageous, relentless, and willing to break the rules and smash the system. Love that cares about people more than ideas that prizes each and every one of us as essential and indispensable. I mean love that is compassionate and accountable. I mean love that confirms and reaffirms us as complex and fallible, yet lovable anyway. Love that affirms us as human. End quote. Reflection prompts. The following reflection prompts are intended to help us work through and process our experience with this toolkit. I invite you to pause after each prompt or as needed and take the time to jot down any notes, thoughts, or insights that come up for you with each prompt. How, if at all, has the process of working through this toolkit shifted your beliefs, behaviors, and or sense of self. 
how has your body been reacting or responding to these shifts? Do these shifts feel new or do you feel like you've been here before? And if it's the latter, how, if at all, does this time feel different? What feels possible this time that didn't feel possible before? How do you experience the assertion that compassion and accountability can, must, and do coexist? What is your relationship to both of these practices? Is there one that feels easier than the other? If you were to describe your experience of this toolkit to a trusted friend or colleague, what would you say? Would you recommend it? Why or why not? Thank <laughs> you.